Before we get into the word, I, I, I want to give you a, a little story. When I was growing up, we would have our big flaherty reunion in Lee Center, Minnesota. And what would happen is my grandpa and grandma would rent this huge cabin called the Isaac Walton. And it was in the city park there in Lee Center. And so the Isaac Walton was here, and we all slept on the floors. It was, it was just a huge event. And then in the same park was a swimming pool. And my grandma was, was big into swimming and young people exercising. And so she won and made it known to us, she wanted everybody swimming. So what she would do is she would pay for as many that wanted to come swimming. So we would all get ready to go. Grandma would stand at the door as people came in to count because she was going to pay the price. Everybody got to swim for free, and Grandma paid for all of us. But something usually happened in the swimming area. Have you ever noticed that when people go swimming, everybody has a different strategy of how they get into the water? That some people are, you know, let's just do a cannonball off the high dive right away. And other people are a toe out, a, toe, a, a second toe, and a third. And, and there's other people that go immediately for the chairs on the side. And they're going to bake for a while. And then when... The, but people, people want to come in the water the way they want to come into the water. And sometime during our time... Somebody probably didn't get into the water fast enough for somebody or and, and uncles would start pushing people. And when uncles started pushing, everybody fled for the exits <laughs> because all of a sudden, the pool area became an unsafe place. This morning, we want to make this place a safe place. Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, not just so that we would be forgiven of our sins, but so that we would be able to experience his spirit, that we would be able to drink of his spirit, that we would have rivers, that we would have encounters with his Holy Spirit. And he invites us to that. But because of the nature of the church, because of the nature of human beings, Sometimes around these things of the Holy Spirit, there's been forcing, there's been coercing, there has been um, a feeling of manipulation, and it just makes people run for the exits when you even hear the Holy Spirit's like, I don't want to go down that thing. I've seen too much of man trying to do stuff. And so today we're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues. But I want you to know this is going to be a safe place here today. No one's going to be forced or pushed or coerced into anything. This is, this is a safe place for you to respond to God. All right, could we stand together and read the Word of God together? Actually, we're standing together in honor of God's Word. I will read it. Here we go. Acts chapter 1. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. 
So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. So they went back and they waited. And here we are, Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost had come, this is 10 days after Jesus had given the promise, they were all together in one place and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves and they rested on each one of them. There were 120 men and women. Each one, this tongue of fire rested on, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Would you pray with me, please? Jesus, thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for wanting us to have everything that you have for us, everything you died for us. Lord, I pray that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying today, what you are inviting us to today. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. So I have told many times of my salvation experience in college. It was actually a group called the Baptist Student Union, and um, I got a guy that led me to the Lord named Greg, and they were very into discipleship. So they, I was following them, and they took me. Whatever they said was what God was saying, and I was, I was good with that. And so we went to, they told me one day, um, we were going to Midvale Baptist, and we were going to go to ch- Sunday school and then to church. And we get to Sunday school, and uh, the guy that is sharing, he says, uh, he says, I want to I share an experience that I have had with you today. And he begins to tell us about this second experience he had with the Holy Spirit where he got a new prayer language in other tongues. And he took us to some verses, and he said, this, this is available today for you. And so we got out of that class, and my disciples were very offended because of the implication that there was more than they currently had and that everybody could have a prayer language because it says clearly in 1 Corinthians 12 that all do not speak in tongues. Do all speak in tongues? And the, and the answer is clearly no. And so he, they were offended by it and because they were offended, I was offended. And, and I had energy on this. You know, that is, that is wrong. That's wrong teaching. And, um, and so that's just, that's just how I was. And I came home that summer to Milton and... Uh, a, a friend of mine there said, I have, a, I have a book for you to read. And he, he, he didn't want to argue with me. He, didn't wanna, he just wanted me to read this book. And the, the name of the book was Smith Wigglesworth, An Apostle of Faith. And I will never forget 
the night that I read that because my mom and dad were having bridge downstairs. There's a big bridge party and I am up in my room reading this book. I read the whole book in one night and I'm, I'm just crying. I'm not a big crier. I'm crying at all as I read this book. Smith Wigglesworth was a plumber in England in late 1800s, got saved through the Salvation Army, and he heard that they were speaking in tongues at at another place in England. And so he went there. um, This is early 1900s now. He was born and got saved in the 1800s, early 1900s. He goes to where they're speaking in tongues, and he hears this teaching about the the second experience, and he is offended. He's like, no, I've got more of the Holy Spirit than anybody here. And so he stays at these meetings. He's the, he was the, he, he, they said, you need the baptism. And he said, I don't want the baptism. I want the tongues. He th- they said, it goes together. And so he just was offended the whole week long. And the end of the week, he's explaining to the pastor's wife why he's, this isn't quite right. And she says, you know, you came all this way. How about if you just let me pray for you? And so she, she prays for him and And he sees a river come down in the spirit and he starts speaking in other tongues and he goes back. And to this point, Polly, his wife, had been the preacher and and he comes back and and he tells her that he has received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and and she's like, prove it. She said, you're speaking tonight. Because whenever he went up to speak, he wouldn't be able to speak because Polly had tried to get him to speak many times and he just, he couldn't, he would, he'd just like read the passage and then just sit down. And so he gets up, and he starts speaking. Polly's in the back row saying, oh, dear Lord, what have you done with my smith? What have you done with my smith? And then became, and then he began moving in one of the most miraculous, beautiful, powerful ministries, really, I would say, since the Apostle Paul. I mean, eight people were raised from the dead in his ministry. Limbs grew out. Eyes saw all over the world, wherever Smith Wigglesworth went, miracles broke out in tremendous power. The reason why I'm reading this, the reason why I'm crying the entire book is because this is a different Christianity than my Christianity. My Christianity is all about me. It's all about me memorizing, me doing, doing this, doing this, obeying, me, 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 me. It was all based on what I was doing. And this was a Christianity that featured what God was doing. God was doing stuff in this one. God was touching people. God was moving. God was healing. And it just brought me, it just brought me such joy. And I'm like, I get, I get done with the book and I'm like, this Christianity seems more like what's in the Bible than my Christianity. And I just decided that day, I'm going to believe this. Whatever anybody else believes, I'm, I'm, I believe this. It seems more like the Bible than what I currently have. So I started believing that there was more, that there was a second experience. I was in part of a group called Campus Life, and the leader was named Larry. And he invited me out to a Bible study they were having. It was the only time I ever went to, to that Bible study. It was at his house. It's me and six teenagers. And I'm in college at the time. And, uh, and he starts off by saying, Tonight, I am going to tell you about an experience I had called the baptism of the Holy Spirit a second experience. 
And he starts to tell of this experience where he got a new prayer language and how it had changed his life. And um, my heart is just beating. And he gets to the end and he says, I would never share this with you without giving you a chance to receive because it's a gift. Anybody can receive it. And he said, so if we could just have every eye closed, uh, uh, every head bowed, if, if you want, I mean, there's only six of us, but we're, it's just, it's an altar time. And so he says, if, if you want to receive this, if you want to receive this gift, raise your hand. I'm just, I am number, I am number one. I'm just, I am all the way up. I am so excited about this. This is, this is a God thing. And so uh, he says, okay. He says, you can, you can put those down. And, and it, uh, apparently ever, all of us raised our hand. And so, he's, but he starts with me. He leads us all in a prayer. And then he comes over and prays, prays for me first for the, for the prayer language. And uh, I am so excited about this. I, I, don't, I have no idea what it's going to be like speaking in tongues, but I know I want it. I am so excited about it. But I have no idea what it's going to look like. So I've got, I know it has to do with my tongue because it's called speaking in tongues. So I've got, I got my tongue out. <laughs> I don't know. How would I know? I, I don't know. And I'm just like, he's praying for me. And I'm like, uh... Uh, honestly, it, it, it sounded like a sick cow that needed to be taken out of its misery. And there I am just mooing. And, and he gets to the next person. And these little teenagers, they, they don't even know what it is. They don't even want it nearly as much as I do. And every one of them just, I mean, just, they're just speaking in tongues. Just boom, 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 boom. And I'm over there. And I was just so, I was so discouraged. And I, I, I went to Larry afterwards and I said, Larry, I said, uh, I, I know it's a gift. I know it's a gift. This is not, it's not a reward for good behavior. It's not for mature. It's a gift. I said, I know it's a gift. And I said, I know I received, but I don't think I got the prayer language. He said, yeah, I don't think you got the prayer language. <laughs> no, that, is, that is not the prayer language. But he encouraged me. He said, you know what? It, it will come. Maybe just in the stress of this, it, maybe, maybe it, will, it will just come. And so I'm on the way home, driving home from Larry's house, and I decide to do a little experiment. I'd heard these kids speaking in tongues, so I just started speaking something similar to what they were saying, and all of a sudden, this this language was there. And I am speaking in tongues. I am just going off all the way home. And I, I get home. I am so excited. I call Larry. I said, on the way home, I, this is what happened. He said, that's it. You got your prime language. And I was so excited. But I was kind of afraid to go to bed that night. Because what if I lost it during the night? Eventually, I go to sleep. I get up the next morning. I got to find out if I can still do it. So I start speaking in tongues. And a voice speaks to me. And the voice says this. And when I say voice, it's just in my head. It's not not audible, but it's clear. It's It's in my mind. Here's the voice. 
this is just you. It's not God. And I'm trying to defend myself, but it's really hard because I notice that when I speak in tongues, it is me. (laughs) It is me doing it. And I don't know what I'm saying. And it seems a little crazy. And I'm like, huh, I really thought that. And then I'm like, hold it. The reason why I'm even doing this is because the Bible says it. The whole reason I got in this is because of what the Bible says. And God, you said in your word, 1 Corinthians 14, 4, that the one who prays in a tongue will edify himself or charge himself up. I said, God, I'm going to make a deal with you. I am, I'm good. This might not be you. This might just be me. I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Because, I mean, I'd rather not pray in this crazy language anyway. I said, but I'm going to do it for one week just because of what your word says. I'm going to do it for one week. If I am the same as I am right now, I will never use this prayer language again. But if I experience that edifying, that charging that your word promises, then I will know that this this is from you. So that's what I did. I was working for my dad at the newspaper. I would pray in tongues on my way there in in the car. When I got to the office, I would be under my breath, making sure nobody could hear me and I would be using it, but all week long I used it. And something happened, folks, in me. The way they described it is I had been revving in first gear and all of a sudden shifted into fifth. My Christianity went to a whole nother level. That which used to be really hard became just natural. But I had to go back to college. And I'm, I'm planning on rooming with this guy, this poor guy from the Baptist Student Union, and I, am, I, I figure that it's that one guy from the Baptist Church speaks in tongues and me, and that's the only two people in Madison that speak in tongues. I have no, I have no idea that this is happening anywhere else. And so I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to break it to my roommate that I've had this experience. And so I, I tell him... We need, to, we need to sit down and talk. I need to tell you something. He said, great. He said, but let me tell you what happened to me first. And he tells me what happened to him this summer. And he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues that summer. And I, I am just like, are, are, you, are you kidding me? And so we were this dynamic force and celery, fourth floor celery bee for, for God. We were, we were excited. Friends, outside of daily Bible reading, the secret to my Christianity is the prayer language. I use the prayer language every single day. It is like a shortcut to getting charged up for God. You don't, you don't have to be in the mood. You don't have to, you don't have to feel right. You can just throw a CD on. It, it brings rest. The prayer language, second to daily Bible reading, has been a weapon for my Christianity all of these years. So today, this is the first time I've done it on a Sunday morning. I usually save this for a Sunday night. But this morning, I want to talk to you about what the Bible says about this. I do not want you to seek an experience because I've had an experience. Here's why. 
If you just seek an experience, it will be stolen from you. Enemy is very good at what he does. I only want you to seek an experience that you believe God has promised to you. I, you if you don't see this in the word of God, then you are certainly not ready to be prayed for to receive this. But, so we're going to look at the word of God. And if you see it at the end, I will make an opportunity. But if you don't, no problem. You, you go back and see if these things are so and study them in the word of God. But I want to do a short Bible study on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So here we go. Point one, two experiences. In John chapter 4, Jesus describes an experience with the Holy Spirit. He said, whoever believes in me has a well within him that springs up to eternal life. Every single believer has the Holy Spirit. You cannot be a believer without the Holy Spirit. It is, uh, apart from the Spirit of Christ, you cannot be Christ. And every believer has a well within them that springs up to eternal life. And it's got everything in that well that you need. And you can drink from that well and it will teach you. It's the anointing that teaches you all things. It's got all the fruits of the Spirit. Everything you need for you is in that well that God has put in every single believer. In John 7, Jesus gives a second experience. He said, whoever is thirsty and believes in me, and comes to me and drink, drinks, out of his innermost being will flow out rivers of living water. This he spoke of the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. One is the Holy Spirit in you for you. The second is the Holy Spirit on you for others. Or on you or through you for others. Two experiences. First, let's look at Jesus. In Luke 1.35, the angel said that the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you, Mary, and that which is born of you will be the Son of God. I don't think there's anybody that wants to argue that Jesus did not have the Holy Spirit at birth. When Jesus is 12 years old, he's got wisdom that confounds all of the teachers. He's got the anointing within him that is teaching him all things. Yet when Jesus is 30 years old, the Holy Spirit comes on him in power. And that's when the miracles start. The changing of the water, the wine, was his first miracle. He didn't do any miracles growing up. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for ministry. The apostles in John 20, 21, and 22, it's the only time the word breathed is used in the New Testament. Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed the very Spirit of God into them at that time. And then he said, before he left, we read, the, we read it, I am going to, well, you need to wait because you're going to be baptized in the Spirit. Bap the word baptism means to be immersed, to be overflowed. And he said, you're going to wait, and when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to empower you to witness for me. 
He, they've already got the well within for them, but there's going to be an empowering. You are going to be, he says in Luke, clothed with power from on high. The, this is power on you for other people. The early church, Acts chapter 12, or 8, verses 12 through 17. But when they, speaking in the Samaritans, believed Philip, preaching the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alike. Even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued on with Philip, and he observed signs and great miracles taking place. He was constantly amazed. Now, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. This is the second experience. They've already got the Spirit within for salvation because they believed. This is the baptism of the Spirit. For he had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they began laying their hands on them, and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. So they heard preaching, they believed, they followed the Lord in water baptism, they made a public confession, but this second experience, this baptism had not yet fallen on them. So they sent for Peter and John. Peter and John came down and laid hands on them, and they received a second experience with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 19. This is Ephesus. It happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus. And he found some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And, and once again, it's this second experience. They said to him, no, we have not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. He said, into which were you baptized? And he said into John's baptism, Paul said John baptism with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is in Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. Paul was kind of a get down to business guy. You know, he meets some people on the street that he assumes are believers. He doesn't ask them how they're doing or how their mom's doing or how the weather is. It's, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they're like, uh, we don't even know what you're talking about here. He's like, okay, which baptism did you receive? He, they said, we, we received just John, just the water baptism, John. And then he preaches the gospel to them. He says, that's good, but John was, his whole, his whole ministry was to prepare the way for Jesus. Jesus came after John, and Jesus is the Savior. He died for you. He rose from the dead, and you need to, you need to get saved. And they said, we're in. We're, we're in. We, we, thank you. We're in. We, we, we believe. He says, well, you need to follow the Lord in water baptism. They're like, we're in. And so they just get water baptized right there. And as soon as they're done getting water baptized... Paul gets right back to the business at hand about the Holy Spirit. He lays hands on them, and they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not for mature believers or people that have done this long enough. That Brand new Christians can receive 
the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There is more. There is a second experience. Point two, what is speaking in tongues? First, I I changed pages too quickly here. First, speaking in tongues is a spiritual language. 1 Corinthians 14, 2, if anyone speaks in a tongue, anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. Paul says in verse 14, he says, if, if I pray in a tongue, it is my spirit praying, but my mind has no understanding. So speaking in tongues is a prayer language where you speak directly to God in your spirit. Your spirit, by the Holy Spirit, speaks to God and it bypasses your mind. This is the prayer language. No one knows what it means. No one interprets it. This is the prayer language. You speak directly to God in your spirit in prayer. Paul says that there are tongues of men in 1 Corinthians 13, 1, and there are tongues of angels. So some tongues are tongues of men. In Acts 2, God used tongues to bring the nations together. Remember at the Tower of Babel, Genesis 11? God's judgment came and the world was split by tongues. They couldn't understand each other and everybody had different tongues and and so they congregated together and it was a judgment on their desire to make their own name great and to build this tower and God judged the world with tongues. Well, isn't it amazing that in Acts 2, God brings the world together with tongues because in the diaspora, the Jews were in all the different nations of the world. They had been spread out all over the place but they would come back for the feast so they're all back they're, they're all back, and so they all speak a, a different language, and they speak Aramaic. And so when they begin speaking in other tongues, it is, they're hearing them in the languages they came from. And they're like, how can this be? They're unlearned men. They're Galileans. How do they know these languages? And Peter stands up, and then in Aramaic, which everybody understands, he preaches the gospel to them. Tongues, there are tongues of men. Uh, Christy Rui this morning told us about her dad uh, speaking a tongue out in a service. God just came on him and he gave a tongue and there was an interpretation and afterwards somebody came up to them and said, I am from this country and you spoke in my language and when they gave the interpretation, it was exactly the same thing that you had just given in my language was in English and it was just, it was a sign for them. Um, there are tongues of men and you can get a prayer language that you have never learned that is a language spoken by people. There are also tongues of angels where you get a language that no one on this earth speaks. It's a spiritual language first. Second, what is speaking in tongues? It is the expected evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 10, verses 44 through 46 This is Peter with the Gentiles, the house of Cornelius. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. 
All the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also for they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. So this is, this is the first time that Jews are in a Gentile home. God, God had given Peter this vision, so he went to the house of Cornelius. Cornelius had gathered his whole, all of his family, all of his relatives. They're all packed in there, and they're talking to Gentiles. Jews don't talk to Gentiles. This thing doesn't mix. This is the first time. Paul, Jesus had said to him in this vision, don't call unclean what I have made clean. And so while he is speaking, the Holy Spirit falls and, and the circumcision, which means the Jews that were with him, were amazed that the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles too. Well, how did they know? Was it, were they smiling? Were they crying? How did they know? The Bible tells us how they knew. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Tongues goes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, verse 4, there's 120. All 120 spoke in tongues. In Acts 19, there were 12. All 12 spoke in tongues. This goes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, these signs will follow those that believe. Mark 16, 17. In my name... They will cast out demons. Aren't you glad that every single believer has authority over the devil? Every believer, not just some special ones. These signs will follow. They will have authority over demonic things. Number two, they will speak in new tongues. So here's the problem. Pastor Tom, I want the power of God. I actually see the need for the power of God but I just don't like the tongues. I don't want tongues. Tongues are weird. You know what? God, God is God. And he's the one that put a stigma on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is speaking in tongues. It takes humility do, do I want to have a prayer language where I spend half my time praying in a language I don't even know? No. It's very humbling. If you want God's power, then you have to embrace the stigma God put with it, which is speaking in tongues. And if, if, the, if that is an issue for you, your issue is not with me. It's with the word of God. This is just, this is just God put tongues with his power. Now, I call it the expected evidence, not the initial evidence, and here's why. I know that I got baptized in the Holy Spirit before I spoke in tongues. I received the gift, and then the gift had to come out. And depending on how rational your mind is, which I'm, I'm a very rational thinker, it can be harder for you, or depending on your experience. You were brought up in a, in a church that taught against this, and this was the devil, and this was... This, this was it, it, it can be harder. And so you could get baptized in the Holy Spirit and just not use the prayer language, even though you have it. Everybody that believes has a prayer language, even if they don't use it. So you don't have to say, well, you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit because you don't speak in tongues. No, you don't know that. They might be baptized in the Holy Spirit. They might have a prayer language, just that they don't 
they don't use or they don't want to use. They don't even know that they can use it. It is the expected evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then number three, it is a prayer language and a public gift. 1 Corinthians 14, 18, Paul says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. However, in the church, I desire to speak five words with my mind that I may instruct others also rather than 10,000 words in a tongue. Paul says to the Corinthians who are kind of obsessed with the prayer language, he says, listen, I pray in tongues more than all of you guys. This is a really important thing in my life, but I don't do it in church. I don't, I don't have the public gift that is always interpreted. There are two things. There is a public gift that not everybody will have. And there is a prayer language which is available for every believer. There are four differences between, well, there's probably more, but I'm going to just give you four very quick differences between the public gift and the private prayer language. Number one. One is private and isn't interpreted. One is public and must be interpreted. When, when Julius gave that tongue this morning, I knew that there would be an interpretation for it. If there hadn't been, if somebody had, two people actually came to me, we put the two pieces together. If they hadn't, I would have eventually gone back to Julius and said, thanks bro. I would have asked him what the interpretation is because the Bible says if you give a public tongue, you need to pray that you will interpret just because if nobody else does it, it will come back to you because it's out of order to have a public tongue not interpreted. So that's the, that's the first difference. Second one is uh, one is to bring a blessing to the person doing it. Whoever prays in the prayer language edifies himself. We'll talk about that in a moment. The other is to bring blessing to others. The, the Holy Spirit actively will give a tongue and interpretation, not for yourself, but to bring a blessing to the body of Christ. Number three, the private language moves as the individual wills. Jude 20, Ephesians 6, 18, you start it. You were commanded to pray in the Holy Spirit. The public gift moves as the Spirit wills. You don't get to decide, hmm, I think I'll just give something in this service. No, no, the Holy Spirit has to quicken you to do it in a service. And then finally, um, and I think I already said this, the prayer language is available to everyone, whereas the public gift is only for some. All right, number three, why would I want a prayer language? Number one, for spiritual edification. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Christians are a lot like batteries. You know the frustrating thing about a battery? They all look new, don't they? (laughs) They all look like they're brand new. We are no longer deceived by the fact that all batteries look brand new. It means nothing to us. Because the question is whether they're charged or not. Christians are a lot like batteries. We've all got the outward thing. We've got the outward confession. We, we go to church. But sometimes we have faith, 
But our faith is being choked out by the cares and the worries and the pleasures of this life. So even though we have faith, we're not using it day in and day out. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You you get faith by listening to God's word and having him speak to you. That's where faith comes from. What what praying in tongues does is it edifies you. It builds you up. Uh, Jude 20 says this, but you, beloved, build up your most holy faith praying in the Holy Spirit. When you pray in the Spirit, it, it just charges you up. The word edifies means charges. It charges you up. It's like hooking up to batteries, and, and you've just, it's just accessible. It's just easier to walk in your faith day in and day out. Number two reason. Romans 8, 26 and 27. We do not know how to pray as we ought to pray. But the Spirit helps us in our weakness and intercedes with us, for us with groanings too deep for words or regular speech, one translation. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I talked to a buddy this week that I've shared his experience many times and I had him retell it to me this week. Um, he, him and I were in the old college and career group in Madison Gospel Tabernacle and we got up early every, every morning and we would meet at, at uh, the Catholic Center and pray and pray and we were both real into the Holy Spirit and, but I, didn't, I had no idea this was going on but he secretly doubted his tongues. He had a prayer language and he used it but every time he used it there was just this gnawing doubt that this was just him. He went out to Fuller Seminary to get trained for ministry, and, and he decided to have it out with God. And so what he did is he said, God, the Bible says that I will be edified. I am going to pray for 15 minutes in tongues every single night. I'm going I'm to use an egg timer, and I'm just going to do 15 minutes for 30 days, and I'm just going to find out what happens. So that's what he does. He's about halfway through. He's in this class in college on, on signs and wonders and healing, and he gets selected to be one of the prayer ministry, and he goes up, and he is praying for people and uh, using, using this prayer language. And later that day, he's in the post office, and this woman comes in. She's got a friend with her, and she yells in the post office, There he is! And they come over to him and he says, she's, she's just like, I have to know something. I have to know this. Do you speak Spanish? And he's like, no. And she, she's like, oh my, she says, I am from a tribe in uh, Central America. And when you were praying, you were praying exactly in my dialogue. And he, he told me this week, he said, I just started weeping. I couldn't stay in the conversation because I knew it was, it was God's confirmation. Sometimes you don't know how to pray. In the mid-80s, my mom had breast cancer. We, we were brought up Catholic, and the last thing they wanted was anything weird with s- spirituality. Everybody thought I was in a cult, and I mean, we just had, religion was in a box, and I was, a, I was out of that box. I was weird, and, but my mom got breast cancer, 
and she lost her hair. She was going through chemo. I've never, never seen my mom broken, and she was just broken, and she was spending a lot of time up in her bedroom, and um, Alice and I went up, and, and I said, Mom, could we, could we pray for you? And she said, please do pray for me. And I prayed a few words in English, and then I just started praying in my prayer language. I don't know what the Holy Spirit prayed, but I know this. Fifteen minutes later, she came down the stairs and announced to the whole family, I'm healed. She said, Tommy prayed. She said, I don't want to make anybody afraid. I'll go through the rest of the treatments. She said, but I know, I felt something go through me. I know I am healed. And folks, she has maintained that confession. That was 30 years ago. She has maintained, she will boldly, unashamedly say that God healed her during that time of prayer. It was, it was very funny because when my sister Sheila got cancer and uh, I was going down to, meet with her and lead her in, in some prayers, which was very, very uncomfortable, but um, mom encouraged her, and so I went down there, and I would, because, because we're Catholic, I would just write out prayers, and I would, I would pray it, and then Sheila would pray after me, and we got done praying one day, and she said, she said this, aren't you going to use that language that you used with mom? See, when people have a need, they don't care if it's a little weird. They want you to use every weapon you have. They don't want you to hold back. I'm like, huh, if you want me to. <laughs> why, why would I want a prayer language? And, and under that one, I just think we can all testify. There's times, you, you know, God bless the world. And you just don't know what else to pray. Bless our missionaries. Bless them really good. Protect them. You just, you run out of your own words. You don't, what do they, how would I know what they need? It's just such a blessing. Paul says in Ephesians 6, 18, with all your prayers, pray in the spirit. With all your prayers, pray in the spirit. And people have wondered, well, is that talking about tongues? Or he's just saying, pray by the Holy Spirit? Uh, The hermeneutic principle is you let Paul interpret Paul. What does Paul mean Has he told us what he means when he says pray in the Spirit? He does. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. He says, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit is praying. What will I do then? I will pray with my spirit and I will pray with my mind. So what he's saying in Ephesians 6, 18 is pray with your mind. Pray the best you can. And then with those prayers, use your prayer language. Because God knows and can fill out everything that needs to be prayed. Finally, to brighten the light of our witness. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not about a feeling. It's not about you getting tongues. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, Pentecost is not fulfilled until Peter stands up and 3,000 people get saved. It is a, it's a, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not for you. It's for other people. It's for us being empowered. And what the prayer language has done for me is it makes me much more conscious that God is in me. That as I walk out, it's not just me. It's me and God. Me and God. I'm, it's not just me in all these situations. I'm here, but the Holy Spirit's here too. And this is the plan of God. To take weak, broken, frail vessels and fill them with the Holy Spirit. 
so that we are his solution in the world. He, we can't do it without him, and he won't do it without us. All right, number four, we're almost done. Receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. How do I, how do I receive? Number one, you need to be thirsty. John 7, 37, Jesus said, if anybody is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. I have violated this one. I'm just going to confess it right now. I, I, because it's so important in my life, I've wanted it for other people. And in the past, I've tried to push people, force people, manipulate people. You need this, you need this. Just let me pray, just let me pray. And I, I, I don't do any of that anymore. There will be no stress here today. You gotta want this. You, you, you've gotta want this. It's not enough that I want you to want it. It's not enough that it, you just need, you need to want this. And, and there's no stress even there because if, you, if you're like, I'm not, you know, I don't know, I don't, that's okay, just bring it to God. Say, God, I, I want to want this if it's you. You're not ready to receive today, but you, you, you take a step towards it. Say, God, I want to want this if this is you, if this is what you want. If anybody is thirsty, let them come to me and drink. Others of you, you're here today, and you're like, I am only hearing about this now. Are you kidding me? I, I, this is what I've been looking for. Well, you're probably ready to get prayed for. Number two, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, you need to receive actively a gift. John 1.12 says that that. To, to as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the children of God, not born of man, but born of God. Salvation has already been poured out on the world. Have you noticed that when you're with somebody that wants to get saved, you don't ask God if it's your will, if you want this person saved, God, and it's your will, would you save them? You, you don't have to. The Holy Spirit's already given salvation to the world. They just need to receive it. It is God's will. You just receive what Jesus has done. You just say, yes, Jesus, come into my heart, live in my heart, and you are saved. It is an active receive. That word receive, it's the same word used in Acts 2, 39, where it says, repent, be baptized, every one of you, to the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is for you, that's the Jewish people that are there, for your children and for all those who are far off, for as many as call upon the name of the Lord. Well, that means you're in there. (laughs) That means I'm in there. This is for everybody who calls on the name of the Lord through the ages. The Holy Spirit, this gift of the Spirit has already been poured out on the church. Salvation was poured out on the world, but the world has to receive it. The baptism of the Holy Spirit has been poured out on the church. After Acts 2, no one waited anymore. They would just pray for you. It's already here. We will just lay hands on you, and it's already been given. You just need to receive it. Thirdly, how do I receive it? You ask the Father without fear. People have said crazy things about this, and this is dangerous, and and people have stories about demonic tongues, and listen, here's what Jesus himself said. This is right from his lips, Luke 11. If your son asks you for bread, you will not slip in a stone. If he asks you for 
fish, you're not going to slip him a scorpion. And then he says this, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit, okay, and then my little addition, and only the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. We are asking a good father for a gift, and we do not have to have any fear of something weird happening. And then fourthly, persevere. We're going to have an opportunity to receive today. Some of you have already been prayed for, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and maybe you had a word, maybe you had a line, maybe you didn't feel like you had anything, and and it's just easy to give up and say, well, I guess God doesn't love me, or maybe it's just, it's not for me, it's for other people, but it's not for me. And guys, you just, you just need to persevere. God loves this. God loves this, and he's got a prayer language for you. We had a, a lady on Friday night. She said, I'm leaving for a business trip right now. I know you're going to speak on this in the morning. I've been prayed for several times. I, I want to have a prayer language. And I prayed for her Sunday night, and uh, she got her prayer language. And this is, this is what I told her, which, which is very helpful, is you have to cooperate with the Spirit. When, when you've been prayed for and you haven't gotten it, a lot of times, here's why people don't get it or, or don't get the prayer language. They get baptized in the Spirit, but they don't get the prayer language. Because they're waiting for God to turn a radio on inside of them. They want it to be real. I want it to be real. I don't want to, I don't want to help God. I want, so I want it to be real. So we just like, we're waiting that all of a sudden something is going to erupt out of our mouth and just we're going to start speaking. And of course, that's what the world thinks about tongues is this, this, this emotional overflow that is ecstatic. That, that's, sometimes there's emotions with it and feelings. Oftentimes there's not. The only people that got wind and fire were the Acts 2 people. No one else got that. They just got the tongues. The Bible says they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. If you don't open your mouth and start speaking, you will not speak in tongues. I can promise you that. God will not force you. God doesn't do that. Sometimes you need to persevere. Persevere. God loves me. God is for me. God has this for me. So, All right, so let's have, uh, if we could just have every head bowed for a moment. The first step is, is coming to Christ. If you're here today and you do not know that you're saved, you do not know that you've given your life to Jesus, God's already poured out salvation on the world. He's just waiting for you to receive it. And, and, and you're, you're not going to be able to get baptized in the Holy Spirit until you're saved. So if, if this is you and you need to get saved, you need to give your life to Jesus, would you just raise your hand right now, long, high enough and long enough for me to see it, and we will have that prayer to get you ready. Got you, bro. God bless you. Anybody else by upraised hand? Okay. Well, Jesus came for one. Oh, there's another one back there. God bless you. Let's just put, put our hand on our heart and pray this. Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And thank you for pouring salvation out for me. Lord, I open my heart. I receive Christ now by faith. I ask you to save me and wash me and cleanse me. I receive your gift of eternal life. I repent of my sins. 
And I want to follow you from now on for all eternity in Jesus' name. Amen. Second call. Every head bowed again. You're here. You are saved. But you are not convinced you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Maybe, maybe you've been prayed for before, but you're not sure. Maybe, maybe, it, it, maybe you've never been prayed for. This is the first you've heard of it. But you are ready today. You are thirsty today. You want to receive today. Well, if you are either one of those um, and, and you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the prayer language the Father has for you, would you just raise your hand real high right now, long enough for me to see it? Okay, there are hands all over this place, up in the balcony as well. Okay, here's what I want us to do. Could we stand to our feet? If you raised your hand, I want you to uh, come on down here and stand across the front. And I'll tell you what we're gonna do. If you raise your hand, don't wait, just come on. Uh, but I need you to be in one line. I need, I need you to be in one line across the front here. Yep, this is, this is really good. One line, one line all the way across the front. Okay, and if we get filled over, if it goes all the way to the wall, that's fine. But it's got to be one line because otherwise we won't know who's in, the, who's in the line. Can you guys move over just a little to make a little room for her? Come on. We got people still coming from the balcony. <laughs> Okay. Okay, and we're going to have to have a couple of you guys come all the way over to this side. Is that okay? Yeah, thank you. Come on all the way over. That, and you can stay there, bro. But you three over here, because it's, it, it's, it's very confusing if we end up with two lines, and I don't know who is and who isn't. Okay, now, I have a group of people that are going to help me, and those people can come on up to the front. And, and face those that are up here. Yep, you guys just come on up, come in front, beautiful. And I actually asked a number of women to help us too and that, that just couldn't do it, so it's not like this is a guy thing, okay? Don't get, don't get creeped out by that, okay. Um, okay, so here's what we're gonna do. We are going to have a prayer together to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And before we do that, I'm going to have a prayer. If you're out in the crowd and you want to help somebody receive that's up here, you've you've already been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you want to help, you're welcome to come up behind. But stay, please stay behind just because of how we're, we're trying to do this very orderly, okay? If you just want to see what happens here, you're welcome to take a seat and just stay and watch as long as you want to. And if you need to go, we're, we're going to dismiss. But obviously, because of the nature of this, I need you to leave the sanctuary in silence because I don't want anyone up here to miss what God is wanting to do um, because of of chatter and I and and so if you need to go we're going to just allow you to go quietly go if you want to stay you're welcome to stay if you want to help pray for people you're welcome to do that so I'm going to have a prayer and then and then we're going to we're going to receive Lord thank you for this day thank you for all of these wonderful wonderful people that are up here 
Not because a man has tried to get them to do something, but because they felt an invitation from you for more. Lord, I know this pleases you. Them being up here, your heart is, is beating hard because of, of, of people that want you and want more of you and want your gifts. So, Father, take away all fear now. And, uh, Father, I bless those that need to leave now and grant your liberty, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, here we go. We are going to pray a prayer out loud, very much like the sinner's prayer, except this is for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I'll pray a line of it, and then you pray it out loud after me, okay? When we are done with that prayer, I, I love Psalm 81. It says, open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. <laughs> and I just love it. So as a prophetic sign, we're just going to open our mouth wide, and just, Jesus, go ahead and baptize me. John baptized with water. Jesus said, I will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to ask Jesus to baptize us in the Spirit. After that happens, I'm going to invite all those that are helping to just go ahead and start speaking in tongues over you. I'm going to invite you to go ahead and start speaking out what, what God is putting there, to just step out. I'm going to go down the line, and you do not have to wait for me to get the baptism of spirit. You could just start speaking right when we do it, but I'm going to go down the line, and when I've gotten, I will just go down the line and see where we are, and when I get all the way through, I'm going to come back up here, and we're going to, we're going to chat about where we are and uh, what the experience is, okay? Here we go. Out loud right after me. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. I ask you now to baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Immerse me with your Holy Spirit. Clothe me with power to be your witness. And give me a new prayer language according to your promise. I receive now by faith. Thank you for doing this. In Jesus' name. Now just open your mouth wide and just receive right now.